This is Mid-Missouri's Total Sports Station. KTGR, and it's time to get big. That was a big-time answer right there. You've got the big show with Andy and Brent serving up sports talk from Mizzou to the pros. And everything in between. Join us now on the KTGR hotline and sound off on today's biggest stories in sports. The big show starts now. You bet it does. Welcome into this Monday edition of the Big Show on ESPN 100.5 and 105.1 KTGR, your total sports station in Mid-Missouri. Thanks for tuning in online at KTGR.com and on the KTGR app. Sandy Humphrey and Brendan Schaefer here. No producer Chris this week. In fact, he'll be back next week. But hey, we soldier on even through... Snowmageddon, which has started today. Don't and, like uh, that. No, no, not necessarily. But, uh, but hey, we we deal with it. We deal with the elements here on this show, and it's just fine. Yeah, you know, the Snowmageddon and no producer Chris, uh, are. it's bad news. It's not stuff I like to hear. It's not close to the worst thing I heard this weekend that we're going to have to talk about today mm. on the big show. So uh, I will just, I will set the table thusly. Yeah, my friend. Uh, several things that were not all that great uh, over the weekends. We will get to them uh, involving Mizzou, of course, at five oh five. The Chiefs know who they are facing now in the AFC playoffs next weekend. Are you satisfied with the Dolphins matchup? We'll talk about that at four oh five, and it is the national championship tonight. You can hear it on KTGR, by the way, starting at five thirty. We'll. Cut out a little bit early so we can get you to coverage of that. Michigan and Washington, tell us who you got in that matchup, and we'll ask Bill Connolly of ESPN his thoughts on the matchup at 425. So a lot going on. Not much time to get to it. Now is your time to call or text us at 875-KTGR. That's 573-875-5847. You can also tweet us at KTGR Big Show and find us on Facebook, too, at facebook.com slash KTGR Big Show. Now the Big Show's Big Deal. The Chiefs are facing the Dolphins in the three versus six matchup in the AFC playoffs on Saturday night at seven o'clock. So a little bit earlier. It's of course a streaming only day game, but guess what? You can listen to it for free on 96.7 KCNQ that night. So that might not be a bad idea. Chiefs got a victory in their final game of the regular season. It was basically meaningless, but Wayne Gabbert led the team on a last minute drive. And they got the game-winning field goal in the end from Harrison Butker to beat the Chargers 13-12 to yesterday in what was kind of an ugly game. Only one touchdown, and it was on a defensive scoop and score by Mike Edwards. But the Chiefs finish 11-6 and in the regular season. Again, they play the Dolphins on Saturday night in the AFC playoffs. Mizzou is looking for a new defensive coordinator. LSU announced late Friday night that they've brought on Blake Baker to take on the D.C. job there. And that's the big show's big deal on this Eighth day of January, 2024, 875-KTGR. If you want to call or text us. That was the, that was the one. That was the, the one. one the one you were talking about. The end. I, you, you, bar- you buried the lead a little bit, but I think that's exactly the way I would like it to be because I don't want to think about um, Blake Baker, who's not leaving, right? He said he's not leaving, but now he's <laughs> gone. So I have a hard time squaring that Actually, circle. But we'll uh, try to square it at 5.05. I know. I, he is, in fact, leaving. <sighs> um, he gone. But we will get to that coming up. 875-KTGR if you want to call or text us. But there was a lot happening over the weekend in the NFL. 
all kinds of different scenarios that were possible. And in the end, we get uh, the Chiefs taking on the Dolphins in the three versus six. I honestly think we got a lot of storylines from yeah. like the way the bracket could have played out. That Obviously, Tyreek Hill's return uh, to Kansas City is a storyline because I, I guess technically the Chiefs have already hosted a game uh, against Tyreek Hill, but that happened in Frankfurt, Germany, so not exactly the same as doesn't count. coming back home nope. to Arrowhead. Doesn't count. Uh, your Texans, by the way, Andy, congratulations AFC on the South AFC Champions, South baby. Championship. Let's go. What about that? Come on. And they're facing... They're facing the team that would be quarterbacked by Deshaun Watson if he cared to play football anymore, but he doesn't. So that's going to be Joe Flacco. But, like, that's that's the storyline would be, you know, Deshaun Watson's old team. Um, But, of course, he doesn't – he's not playing. I'm sure he's hurt. I'm sure he's real hurt bad. And that's that's why he's not playing. Um, And then, of course, and we'll get to the Chiefs, but I, I had to just scream about Matt Stafford going back to Detroit. The script writers are on one with that. I mean, that is – that is going to be absolute theater, I think, on the Saturday night game. So a oh, uh, lot, lot of storylines. But you know what? The Tyreek Hill return to Kansas City is up there. Will the Kansas City team, as it's currently constructed, be up for the task of not only defending him but outscoring him and Tua and Devon HN and company as uh, the Dolphins do have a potent attack? It didn't end up that way in the first meeting between the two teams, kind of a lower-scoring game in the, the low to mid-20s. But what happens this time when when it's all on the line to continue their respective seasons? Well, let's get one thing clear. This was not the the best case scenario for the Chiefs. Like best case scenario would have been last night, Miami winning. You get to play Pittsburgh in the first game great. without yeah, TJ Watt. That's a bye week. Like, it's yeah, a bye week. Yeah, like that's sorry Pittsburgh, that's just a you're in the playoffs, congratulations, but it's not going to last much longer than that. Um and then you would have sent Buffalo essentially to the seven seed where they would, even if they won against Miami again, they'd be, get to play Baltimore. The bottom line, you're probably not facing the, the Bills in this bracket if Miami wins last night. And, well, guess what? Right. It's not going to happen. You would have gotten essentially a bye week game against the Steelers. Like, let's let's map out a path to the Super Bowl you would have had one game that on paper and you're going to respect your opponent and all that crap, but on paper, you aren't going to be very worried about now you play the explosive dolphins with a a good young offensive minded head coach. You probably have to play the bills thereafter. You would think unless something crazy uh, happens in the bracket. And then you figure with the Ravens after that, like it's a gauntlet. The chiefs are going to have to run because of the way that the bracket ultimately played out. Andy, and I would agree. Like, while I do think I favor the chiefs over the dolphins, I, it's not the cakewalk matchup that I, I think the Steelers would have been. No, definitely not. Like he, that was two years ago when the Chiefs had the two seed. They still had to play Wild Card Weekend, and it was the exact same scenario. They had, Steelers were done. Ben Roethlisberger, I believe that was his last game. Like, they were oh, that on, was awesome. Yeah, they that were on eggshells. Oh, like it yeah, was it just was broken team. <laughs> you would have had that again uh, yeah. this year, but um, but now you have an opponent that look. No, I agree that. I still favor the Chiefs. It's supposed to be zero degrees Fahrenheit on Saturday night after a big-time snowstorm in Kansas City. I don't yep. think the Miami Dolphins are suited for that. Call me crazy. No, but, you're not uh, crazy. Yeah, but I mean... Not this time. Not this time. I think they're fine there, even though it might 
be a little bit scary with uh, with their offensive passing attack. We do have to see who's healthy for that game. Dolphins are losing guys left and right on defense, so I'm not too worried about that. But maybe Jalen Waddle's back. Maybe Raheem Mostert. I'm not so sure. The but, big one is Jalen Waddle to me, Andy, because yeah. you Tyree Kill is great, but to, like Jalen Waddle is. I don't know where you'd place him in terms of top wide receivers in the NFL, but I, I mean, comfortably for me in the top 15, 20, like maybe that's not even being aggressive enough. He's a really, really good talent. He'd be a wide receiver one in my eyes for a lot of other NFL teams. He just happens to play on the other side of Tyree Kill. You have both of those guys at Tua's disposal. That's huge. Mostert would be nice for them to get back, but I think you ride A-chan because he's that good. And, you know, he's a rookie, should be pretty fresh regardless as long as he's healthy. So I don't think that one's quite as important. But if they can get Waddle back, that would bring another dynamic to the offense that the Chiefs are then going to have to counter with. Like, we got to see some guys play yesterday for the Chiefs, Andy, in a meaningless game that, like, getting the reps, I think, could be valuable. We saw McCole Hardman make some plays, um, also make some not plays. But, like, he was out there, and he had some catches, had some yards. Maybe does that give the Chiefs some comfort in, like, hey, if we need him in the playoffs, we have him a little more acclimated to game speed and, and what that would look like. I don't know, but the, the Chiefs are going to have to come up with answers offensively. The total is at 44 at UndamedSportsbook.com for this game. I think it's about right. I think it's right around where their first game finished, and with potential weather being a problem too, I think it could be a little bit tough to come by that, that shootout type of environment. But rest assured, like they're going to need to be points scored, and it's going to have to come from offensive touchdowns. You can win yesterday without an offensive touchdown. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen against the Dolphins in a week. 875-KTGR, give us a call or a text. Are you satisfied with the Chiefs-Dolphins matchup that's coming up on Saturday night, 875-5847, to give us your thoughts? The other thing is just you know, with it being such a cold-weather game, I don't think we expect there to actually be precip in the game, but just the fact that it's bitter cold, it's going to be hard to throw. And that might come down to who has the better running game. And to be honest with you, well, it's not the Chiefs. It's not I mean, the Chiefs. No, I not right now. Yeah, I mean the Dolphins' uh, running attack to me almost seems to be more of a problem that I worry about a little bit more than the passing game. Not, not to say the passing game is to be completely discounted. Like they've got all all kinds of talented weapons there. But I do like the Chiefs' pass rush. I like how they've been playing recently. I like how they've been able to to put pressure on uh, on guys in the backfield. And I think they can get to Tua. I think they can make it tough on him. I'm not so sure about the run defense. That, if you can't stop the run, right, that's, yeah. I mean, what good does it do you to stop right. the, stop the pass or get to the quarterback? Yeah, that could be a concern. I just see that as more of a concern, uh, at least going in. Uh, I, I want I, obviously they have the the chance to make explosive plays downfield, but if you're stuck guessing what the Dolphins are going to be doing offensively. I just don't know if the Chiefs are going to be able to get unstuck offensively quickly enough if it turns into that type of game. Yeah, and I mean, I think there's some merit to that when you think about if we're going to buy into like the weather expectations a little bit on this game, then that would be certainly a way that you you could end up seeing it play out with the run games dominating. And we often say it like, hey, if you can stop the run, you can win the game. But I think it might be almost just the necessity and and the, the thing at the top of the list this week is if the Chiefs can slow down the rushing attack and not get gashed for big chunk plays on the ground, which is going to be easier said than done against that speed. But if they can keep in front of them, 
then I think there's a really good chance the Chiefs win the game, regardless of the other stuff that you're gonna that we're obviously gonna talk about and be concerned about going into it. But like that to me could very well be, especially with the weather considerations, the number one factor in this one. Eight seven five K T G R, give us a call or a text. So now with the path being what it is, I mean, are we now saying the Chiefs that they'll probably win this game? But then having to go to Buffalo is a, a whole different undertaking, and Ooh, and then yeah. after that, probably Baltimore, Baltimore will probably have an easier matchup themselves uh, coming out of their bracket or their side of the bracket, depending on uh, Browns Texans could be an interesting one uh, who they might favor more in that game. But yeah. I'm telling you, these these script writers too, man, with uh, oh with setting up these potential <laughs> these potential matchups. For, it's, uh, for, it's, for Joe it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. <laughs> they did a great job, man. It's going to be really compelling. I mean, gosh, I, I sure hope the Texans uh, have their say in it. But uh, you know, I, so here's my me. thing. I tweeted this out when I saw the full bracket. I think that a matchup between Lamar Jackson and C.J. Stroud would go down as the most exciting game of the playoffs. Like that, very possible. Just my gut, very possible. I think if we get to see that game, it ends up being a classic that goes down to the wire. Um, however, you could be very compelled to see Joe Flacco facing the Ravens. Like you could, there's a lot that we could potentially see. I do feel like though, if you're the Ravens and you're, you're choosing between those options or running the, the bills chiefs gauntlet on the other side, like the Ravens are in a great spot bracket wise. And I think I do favor the bills right now over the chiefs, especially when you consider it's going to be played at their place. Um, maybe from that standpoint, it's nice that the Chiefs don't have a bye week this week because they're going to almost be forced if they're going to advance over the Dolphins. It's going to be because they did something well, and and maybe they figure something out that allows them to go then into Buffalo and continue with with a little bit of momentum. Um, because if they don't find that thing, they could get lucky and, and beat the Dolphins. Because I, again, I have considered the Dolphins to be fraudulent. My Twitter timeline at times last night was renouncing Josh Allen because that was an ugly performance at times, but then by the end of it, I was, I full experience. I was back on, you know, which is the full, the Josh, full, Allen full Josh Allen roller coaster for you. That's that. That's, oh. that's the whole thing. I mean, that's, that's what you get with a guy. He had like three him. turnovers and he, then he threw a touchdown that should have been a turnover. Yeah. Like it, it was, I, I don't have anything to say. Andy could gloat in my face. All even with the bills win, I feel like you could gloat today about the Josh Allen stuff, but the chiefs to beat both these teams are going to have to, play in ways especially the bills in ways that i don't think we've really seen them play lately and that's my that's my concern even if they do get by miami is now you go into buffalo a hot team playing with confidence um the the dolphins choked away the division but the bills also went and took it and that's the kind of confidence they're playing with right now yeah and and look you can i wasn't overly impressed with their last couple games but their wins i mean with the way that you look at how things play out throughout this nfl season no game is easy uh jaguars had an easy uh, matchup to try and get the AFC South, and they couldn't take care of it. And the Titans uh, spoiled their entire playoff hopes. I Didn't just, we see that one coming? We oh, just saw that one coming. Man, like <laughs> when I saw Ryan Tannehill starting that game, I, oh, there's no, there's no chance. Like it's not to say that I think Ryan Tannehill is a better quarterback than Will Levis, or at least uh, that Will Levis could couldn't be better than Ryan Tannehill. It's just the motivation factor for him. And he's going to win that game. Derrick Henry was motivated Derek for that Henry, game. Maybe his last in Tennessee. Right. And then the Jaguars, the way that they had been limping into that, just, I, I don't know what happens there. I mean, you go from, 
That'll be a tomorrow conversation. For last the the in the, the division ugly. to first in the <laughs> division last year and then out of the playoffs again. I mean, that's back-to-back years now, by the way, that the AFC South champion uh, has been the team that finished last in the division the previous year. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, enjoy your, your reign on top, Texans. I guess it's going to be Because you're going to be last be place short. next year. Like that's That's how it works. Here come the Titans, I guess, ne- next year. Going to get going to get back Titans, in there. But uh, yeah, I um I don't know what happens there. That'll be like that will be one of the topics that we do need to probably touch on tomorrow. I remember I, I left myself that out, Andy, when I was talking about the Jaguars as possibly the one seed. I said if they beat the Chiefs. Thankfully, they didn't beat the Chiefs. Um, but that's not why the Jaguars weren't the one seed. They had a lot of other issues later on in the year, and um, yeah, they. Suddenly, their their bright future is a little bit in question as well. Yeah, and we'll see what what happens there. Eight seven five KTGR call or text us. It is Chiefs and Dolphins on Saturday night in in Kansas City in frigid Kansas City this weekend. Tell us what you think about the matchup. Do you uh, like how it worked out in the AFC playoffs for the Chiefs? I don't. I can't imagine anybody would. I don't. I really don't. <laughs> no. That's the that's the one part of it though, Andy. Is like, do do they need a game like this to potentially vault them into a run? Would a would a sleepy twenty to seven win over the Steelers have done anything for their longevity no. in these playoffs? No. That would be if you're trying to paint the bright spot. I think that's the way you paint it. It's like they need a test out of the gate to show whether or not they have the medal. It might mean a first round exit, but it also could mean if they get over this hump the ability to then run through the rest of the AFC schedule, which they otherwise could not have, they wouldn't have been tested to the extent that they might have gotten those skills and those those moments for this year's team. And I mean, again, the, the wins that the Chiefs had since the bye week. Tell me if you're impressed by any of this. The Chiefs went 4-4 four and four after the bye. Are you impressed by them beating guys like Aiden O'Connell and Bailey Zappi and Jake Browning? At Easton Stick, those are the oh, and, lo- and those- losing to Aiden O'Connell and losing to Aiden O'Connell again. Yeah, those really are the quarterbacks the Ra- that you- the Raiders defense beats. is who they lost to. But- uh, well, yes, but th- those are the teams that you beat. The quarterbacks that you beat down yeah. the stretch beat Tua Tagovailoa, and I think you get a little bit more of a boost from that. Like, right? Just I agree. Bit. And again, what what would beating Mason Rudolph or Kenny Pickett have done for you? Nothing. Nothing. They would have been no. the same. Middling team that and we that have seen. That defense isn't going to give you a test for your offense either. No. I mean, it, at the very least, Miami is doing what they can. I mean, they're going to be absolutely banged up for this game on defense. But at the very least, they've got guys who are trying to adjust, and uh, they're guys playing out of position. Like Melvin Ingram had to try and cover Dalton Kincaid at one point didn't last night. Out. Like, did not work <laughs> out. But hey, I I applaud Melvin Ingram for going out there and just trying his darndest to do what he could for the team. And honestly, that's. That's what you need. So I, I still whoever you're going to see on the other side for uh, the Dolphins is going to be a motivated group anyway. So I, I still have uh, doubts about whether the Chiefs' offense can keep things consistent, can find a, a rhythm early in this game because I have a feeling that Miami will have an early rhythm. I think I think they'll be ready. I think Mike McDaniel will have a plan for what they're going to do offensively and, and come out of the gate swinging, uh, regardless of what the weather says they should do. Um, I don't. I got to be honest with you. Right now, looking at unnamedsportsbook.com, don't love the Chiefs minus three and a half. I think you get it below a field goal, you could convince me. But I mean, I, I think it is maybe a field goal game in either direction. Um, 
but there's a world like Andy, if I were to ask you which team has the better odds of winning by double digits, I don't know if I'd pick the Chiefs. Like to to just blow the doors off the other team. If that I, I don't think that's the outcome we get, but if one team were to do it, I think Miami has the offensive chops to do it more than like if the Chiefs get down fourteen nothing in this game or even like ten nothing in this game. Yeah. What happens? This is not the team that's coming back from multiple touchdown deficits like they did against the Texans and, and I mean, others they, over the years. Like they come back, but they don't complete the comeback. Like they'll they'll make it close. Um, but I don't think they they ultimately get over the hill. I, I actually not if it don't starts see, that way. Yeah, I mean if but but on the other side you could say, well, Miami started fast last night and then things fell off the rails and they couldn't get back. The, in their the Bills should yeah, that's true, but the Bills left a lot of points on the board in the first half. Like I feel like they should have been yes. up at halftime. You you get to play down to the one yard line. That's at least a field goal if they use their brains and don't throw it short of the sticks. Uh, and, and then earlier on in the drive, it was a drop touchdown. Like I would, I felt like the at halftime, I still felt like the Bills were going to win that game because I thought it was things they were doing self imposed more so than things the Dolphins were doing to them. Um, but the Chiefs, like they'll self impose and they'll have things done to them. And I don't know how they bounce back in the same way. Like I don't know if they'll have that ability to get up off the mat if they go down by 10 at, at some point against an offense that should be able to run the ball and the, the environment will certainly be conducive to it. So I'm like, my worry meter is a little bit, and it might even go up as the week goes along as I think about this matchup for the chiefs. Yeah, me, uh, me as well. I mean, it's you have, we have one less day to prepare for it. Also, you have one less day to get a little bit healthier. Chiefs got questions at left tackle now. Uh, because Wanya Morris came out of that game with a concussion yesterday. They already had Donovan Smith out with the neck injury. No idea whether he's going to be back. And they had to switch Jawan Taylor over from right tackle to left tackle. So, I mean, like, there could be some issues there uh, for protecting Patrick Mahomes, trying to get the run game going, uh, things like that. Uh, I don't like that they're on Saturday. Would have rather seen them on Sunday at noon. But uh, Interesting. Yeah. It's... Um, I don't know. Not setting up well, but the Chiefs can do very well to quell all of our concerns by handling this game soundly. That's yeah, when it decisively, Andy, and I'm not, I'm my tune could change about the right. the, the matchup with Buffalo. Yeah. You know, I could see it shifting, but maybe that's something to embrace for the Chiefs. It's like, look, this is not the year we thought it would be, but we're still here with a chance to play these games and maybe win these games. The opponents are going to be difficult, but would you have it any other way for a team that's kind of got to reprove itself in terms of, uh, you know, over the last multiple months, we just haven't seen that version of them. And look, if they lose that game, guess what? You kind of deserve it. Like, <laughs> at the same time, like, they kind of deserve weird. it. It would yeah, need a wake-up call like that, you know? To be to... able to paint the picture of the Chiefs as, like, the playing with house money team, but almost as, like, there aren't expectations for this postseason run the way they're there. You would have expected of the eighth straight division championship Look, or whatever it is. I think right now, if, if administration is smart, if Brett Veach is smart, he understands that he has to be active in the wide receiver market now. But if it really takes a loss to the team that took advantage of you not paying your star yeah. wide receiver, beating you in point. the playoffs in the first round, man, I don't know what will. Like, yeah, that kind of hits you over the head with it, on. doesn't it? Exactly. So, 
Look, I, only good things are going to happen, I think, after this weekend for the Chiefs. They're either going to win, <laughs> win, win or they're going like, to go into the divisional round and have a chance to get to the AFC Championship game, or they're going to get, they get uh, embarrassed. <laughs> a pipe knocked on their head and say, wake up. You have Patrick yeah. Mahomes on your team. Maximize his dang window. Yeah, you cannot waste the upcoming years of Mahomes. Like, regardless, this can't happen again from yeah. a, the, the approach they take to wide receiver. But certainly if Tyreek Hill drops you know 202 on your head you're probably going to have a different reaction to that and it's going to be more immediate in the way that you feel the need to to correct it all right well a lot of different things could happen this weekend we're looking forward to it what do you think of the chiefs matchup with the dolphins on saturday night 875 ktgr to call or text us with any of your thoughts on that we'll keep giving ours here on the big show throughout this week but tonight the national championship between michigan and washington we're just about an hour away from starting coverage of that from ESPN Radio, so stay tuned for it. We'll get the thoughts next of our good friend Bill Connolly, our college football experts, talking about the matchup, all the different angles of it, and we'll get the thoughts uh, from him on the Blake Baker departure from Mizzou. Bill Connolly joins us next on The Big Show. You're listening to The Big Show Podcast on KTGR.com. We're back on the big show, KTGR, KTGR.com, and the KTGR app with Andy and Brendan. And we are getting set for the national championship tonight in Houston between Washington and Michigan. We've a really exciting uh, matchup here tonight. Really looking forward to it. And we'll have it on KTGR starting at 530. We've got Bill Connolly of ESPN with us, our good friend over there. You can find him at ESPN underscore Bill C. And subscribe now to ESPN Plus to read his great stuff and everything about uh, this game in particular and it's just the the fact bill that i i think the the dueling styles of these two teams is probably what makes it most intriguing what's kind of uh get, getting you excited about seeing them play tonight yeah i mean i think michigan is is clearly the better overall team but washington has exactly what you would want if you have to win one game uh, to, to finish the season here and you know if if michael Penix jr is anywhere close to where he was last week which he wasn't in every game this year by any means uh, but you know if he plays at that level uh it's a couple of their defensive players who you know defense struggled all year but you know braylon trice and a couple of the other defenders were great against texas if those guys play like that again i mean this does feel like a pretty even matchup i think on average michigan does win a majority of the time for sure but uh yeah like i said one game and and Penix is capable of something brilliant again yeah, and that's kind of what we're all waiting to see uh, will happen. Uh, I'm wondering, uh, as far as offensive line play for both of these uh, teams, I mean, uh, Washington obviously uh, won the Joe Moore Award this year for the best offensive line in the country. And then Michigan, I mean, you, you don't forget about their line either with how well they've been able to uh, yeah. to run the football. I just uh, I wonder how big you're looking at uh, both sides of the football, how they're trying to win in the, tre- in the trenches and and how that kind of plays into tonight. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Both lines are very good at what they need to be the best at, and that's, you know, pass protection for Washington and, um, you know, run blocking for Michigan. Those are, um, you know, pass protection for Michigan, run blocking for Washington. They're both only okay. <laughs> but, um, but no, I mean, nobody can – pressure was really, really important to Michigan's success defending the pass this year, and nobody gets pressure on Michael Penix. So, um, you know, that's a humongous thing. And at the same time, you know, if Washington can't – ever get off the field because Michigan's running for 60 yards of carry. Like as we saw against Penn state, when they ran 
30 some odd times in a row, they're never going to stop if you can't stop them. And uh, they might not be able to stop them. So, yeah, a lot of dynamics here. It would be kind of, I feel like either Washington wins close or Michigan wins by a couple touchdowns, but we'll, we'll see. There, there's just a lot of things we're not going to know in advance that we have to kind of see how these matchups work. Bill Connolly of ESPN with us here on the big show, KTGR and KTGR.com. I wonder, you know, if Washington kind of gets their way a little bit and Penix does uh, start to carve up the defense like we saw against Texas a week ago. Is J.J. McCarthy, you think, capable of uh, of maybe hanging in a game like that and answering as, as much as Michigan and, and everyone else around him will try and help him out? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think so. I think – so much of, of the limitations of the Michigan offense were intentional. I think when he's had to open things up, which has been, you know, barely all season, um, they have opened up the playbook a little bit. He's made the throws he needed to make. He had a nice run at the end of the Alabama game. That was huge. They can kind of, He's good at that, but they don't have him do it more than about three times a game. But they could do six or seven uh, good McCarthy runs. I, I think there's more – to the Michigan offense that we, they just haven't had to show very much this year. They both really only had like one drive all season where they absolutely had to score points on it, and they scored points on it. And, you know, I, I think that carries over. So that, that does sound like a pretty fun game to me, make Michigan open things up a little bit more. But I, I think they're capable of it. What do you maybe expect? I, I believe it looks like Dylan Johnson is is going to try and give it a go for Washington. I just wonder what yeah. you maybe expect from that aspect of Washington's offense tonight. Yeah, I mean, if if you believe that you know what Kalen DeBoer said, like he's been fighting this injury or a variation of it for a while, and, and he was still running as hard, ridiculously hard as possible, then yeah, maybe he's capable of kind of just gutting out one more game like this and, and giving it, it's going to be really hard to run on Michigan's uh, line. It's, it's no, that was a problem against Texas last week. Texas probably has the best defensive tackles in the country, uh, but Michigan might have the best overall line in the country. And so it's, they're, they really are just going to try to run the ball, I think, to keep Michigan honest and, and try to you know, keep the, you know, some passing lanes open and whatnot downfield. Uh, but they're not going to have to, their their chances of winning are based on him carrying 35 times for 200 yards or anything. He just yeah. has to be able to kind of keep them honest and grind out some yards here and there. And I don't know. I mean, he sure looked awfully hurt at the end of that game, but if he's been hurt all year, maybe he can do it. Bill Connolly of ESPN with us here on the big show, KTGR and KTGR.com. All right, Bill, I guess who you got uh, tonight, uh, Michigan or Washington? Uh, it, I do like that it's uh, two teams that we don't necessarily see in this position a whole lot, and, and somebody's going to have their, their first championship in a while. Yeah, no, that's really cool. I mean, there are a lot of a lot of big brands in college football. We didn't need to see necessarily the same, like two or three winning every time. But, um, no, I, I think I said – uh, last week when we did our little quick picks thing uh, on ESPN.com, I think I said 35-28 Michigan. I do think if Michigan wins, it might be a little more than that. Something you know in the 35 to 24, 38 uh, neighborhood, something like that. Really, just I think the number one thing is Washington has to be able to keep them from just running and running and running and running. And I'm not sure, not sure they'll do that. But that is something we'll be able to read early too. Um, you know, if they come out and force a three and out or something and stop Corn for a couple one yard runs, we really could be in for an interesting game. So we'll see. Lots of early indicators, I think. Yeah, for sure. It's going to be uh, really exciting to uh, to follow tonight and again, uh, coverage starting at 5.30 here on KTGR before Michigan and Washington in the national championship game. 
Let's shift our attention back to Mizzou because they're now in the market for a new defensive coordinator. Blake Baker, after signing the extension last month and then tweeting out the Wolf of Wall Street gif and saying, <laughs> oh, I didn't consider going anywhere else. Well, then he decide uh, after LSU opens up their defensive uh, coaching staff, uh, Blake Baker gets uh, attracted over there, of course, and he becomes uh, reportedly the, the highest paid assistant in college football. I just wonder how you kind of react to all of that playing out and it's where things go from here. Yeah, I mean, it was it's business. I mean, that was, you know, he, he didn't, he, when he tweeted out that thing, he didn't think he was going anywhere. And then this happens and this happens and the LSU job opens and. If it was true, like the, there was one other candidate in line in front of him, he said no, therefore, you know, it, it all happened, and, and it's just how this goes. But I do think for next season, I think keeping Kellen Moore was the most important um, of the two coordinators. I think keeping him in, in tow was, was more important. They got that figured out. It'll be interesting. I mean, I know they've proven now, you know, they're willing to spend $2 million a year or so, however much that actually was, on a defensive coordinator. So there are a lot of names out there. You could probably pretty good coaches for that money if you want, or if you like the continuity aspect. You've got a couple, of, well, a really a staff full of really good position defensive position coaches who maybe you can, you know, use this as a way to keep them in in you know more long term. So he's got options. Obviously, he would have preferred to just keep this. Uh, staff going for another year but he's got some pretty healthy options and a decent budget and and uh you know he's got a chance to make a pretty good call yeah and and of course when you talk about uh what what might matter more towards next season whether it's just getting the guys in the room that you need to to compete on the field or just uh, you know scheming up uh the best things here and there i just i wonder what's best for mizzou's momentum going forward or just that making sure that you retain as many guys as possible and that might mean going to the in-house option there's just a lot of different ways yeah. they could go yeah it's i i don't want them to get end up in a situation where they're like well we have we have $2 million to spend now, so we got to figure it, you know, let's yeah. hire somebody. Like, I, the continuity option really might be the best. And, and you know, I guess Drinkwitz gets paid a lot of money to make these calls, so we'll see what he does. Uh, it does seem like he's going to take his time and figure out what his options are, though, instead of, like, just promoting immediately from within. But, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's definitely not it, – it's not optimal by any means, but you can work with this. Yeah, yeah, and we'll see uh, what Drinkwitz decides going forward. But uh, intrigue there as Mizzou now looks for a new defensive coordinator. Great to chat with Bill Connolly of ESPN. You can follow him at ESPN underscore Bill C. Read his stuff at ESPN.com with your Plus subscription. And again, looking forward to the matchup tonight between Michigan and Washington. Bill, thanks for coming on, talking all things college football with us. And uh, stay safe. We'll talk again soon. Sounds good. Big Show is on at 439 KTGR and KTGR.com. Yeah, we'll have our thoughts uh, coming on that in a little bit. But, uh, again, the matchup tonight should be uh, ultra fun. Looking forward to it as both these teams with doing styles try to get the best of each other. Do you think we see more of, like, a high-scoring game that maybe would benefit Washington or, like, the low-scoring game for Michigan? Because it was, like, the, the game against Alabama, if it doesn't go to overtime, you'd say, yeah, pretty low-scoring. Um, what what kind of pace do you think we see tonight? Well, I think we see maybe a higher pace because I I think Michigan doesn't need to make it low scoring. I I think no, they might be able to hang. Score on right. these guys. like they yeah. scored thirty to beat Ohio State, right? To to get that, and so I 
I actually expect a few more points in this one. Whatever the over-under is, I'm sure it's up there, but I, I'd probably take It's like take in the, the mid to upper 50s, but that's kind of what I'm thinking, too. Yeah. And so we'll probably see 17 to 13 since we both said right. that and we're on the same side. But, uh, you know, actually, though, our picks of the week this week, not so bad. Not so not bad so as a bad. group. So. Uh, we do have a, a chance to do something that I don't think we have done before. So we'll, Not this year. We'll yeah. talk about that. And also, uh, under the bus coming up, uh, well, the, the whole debacle at the end of the Falcons-Saints game and uh, the, the aftermath of that and already uh, coaching firings uh, in the NFL. That's all coming up next after this live local sports center. You're listening to the Big Show Podcast on KTGR.com. Well, that type of day as uh, we're into the winter wonderlands for pretty much all this week, we would think, here in mid-Missouri. It's the Big Show with Andy and Brendan on KTGR and KTGR.com. And, and, and honestly, you know, just not a bad song to uh, listen to in the snow. Look at you go. It's a, it's perfect. I mean, Excellently done. I, I mean, we, it's what we, it's what we strive for here. It's just subtle, subtle choices like that. Uh, we strive for uh, excellence in the picks of the week. We usually fail, but uh, yep, today, typically. this week, all of us finish above 500. How about that? Yeah? Yeah. We'll take that's that. That's pretty good. Both Brendan and I are three and two, and Chris at the moment is three and one. Tonight he has Washington plus four and a half. So there's a chance that if Michigan wins by five or more, that we could all finish three and two. Are you rooting for that, or are you just rooting for a good college football game, no matter what? Yeah, I think I'm rooting for points. Uh, we talked about before the break. I think it'd be more, more fun to see kind of another high scoring shootout. I, I think Michigan can score on Washington's defense. Washington at times has been tough defensively, but in other games they've they've kind of gotten, you know, it, it we 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 saw against Texas that they can they can give up some points too. And I respect Michigan's offense, but I wonder I'm I'm wondering how Washington will pierce that that Michigan defense. That's going to be the part that's a question to me. Yeah. I think it's about fair what the spread is at, but I also like when Washington has been doubted this year, they've answered the bell. I mean, they're undefeated too. So it should be a good game. I'm hoping it's a good game and a close game. But, uh, yeah, let me see some touchdowns too. I'd like to see just back and forth, punch, counterpunch. And I feel like we've seen, I mean, last year's national championship game featured a lot of points for one side. But I think in most <laughs> of these uh, national championships, we've had some, some fairly decent uh, high-scoring affairs. And I hope we see that again today. Good offenses involved. I, I think, yeah, I think it should be. But then again, like you think about some of Washington's games where you expected it to be that way, and it, it gets played in the low twenties. Um, the the Apple Cup was like that, so it's always possible they could pull a fast one on us. But I'm, I always am, almost always going to be rooting for points. Rob Vino and me are aligned in that way. Yeah. So we'll see. Again, Washington plus four and a half is what Chris has tonight. If he wins that, he's the winner of the picks of the week this week. But if he loses that, then we're all tied at three and two this week. So I don't know how we'll handle that. Uh, oh boy! With, uh, well, <laughs> with next week, uh, the winner gets to decide who who goes first, second, and third. So I don't know how we decide all that. I'll defer. It's been working for me to, okay. to just like let you guys hash it out. So. All right. Well, uh, we'll we'll figure that out uh, later on this week and in the picks of the week here on the big show. It's time to go under the bus on the big show. Well, the coaches' firings have started, and they started late last night. 
In fact, the Falcons, I'm pretty sure, just had a scheduled tweet saying, send this out at 12.01 a.m. on Monday, January 8th, Arthur, Arthur Smith fired. I mean, that's pretty much what it was. Hey, I, not a minute later either, and yeah. uh, good for them. Good for them for getting it right. I mean, yeah. Finally, he's gone. Yeah, I think that was the easiest decision to make out of all the ones that are being made this week. What did you make, though, of the last moments of that Falcons-Saints game? Because So, Jameis Winston, I don't think, is the only one that went rogue. He no. told reporters that the whole offense wanted to get Jamal Williams that touchdown, his only touchdown of the season, after Jamal Williams led the NFL in touchdowns last year with the Lions. So, they, Dennis Allen called for the victory formation. They sat in the victory formation and then just handed the ball to Jamal Williams and had him dive in for the touchdown. Arthur Smith was so mad and kind of yelling at Dennis Allen trying to get an explanation. I think it's hilarious. I think it's great. Put the points I mean, on. Would I feel differently if, if it wasn't Arthur Smith on the other side? Maybe. But I also think that after the context of Jameis Winston's explanation, I'm cool with it. Like, they, Jamal Williams is very cared about in that locker room, and so he here's the he thing. made the decision that he made. It's maybe not going to reflect well on Jameis, but as a fan, I don't mind it at all. No, I don't mind the players making the decision, but what I do mind is doing it in victory formation. Like, if you're going to do it, run a play. <laughs> Just like, play. Yeah, yeah, run That's an fair. actual play. Because when you're in victory formation, the other team gets signaled like, okay, you're not going to... You're not going to do anything. Don't want to get somebody hurt. And then right. all of a sudden you do something. Well, then you open up to other teams saying, well, we're going to try and be aggressive when you're in victory formation down the road because we, yeah. well, we don't know what you're going to do. So I don't like it from that context. The one side to the, the one counter I would have to that is I don't know if there were timeouts that the Saints had because if Dennis Allen had a timeout and he sees them lined up for a play, He's gonna call he might have been like, what the hell? I'm calling my yeah. timeout. So maybe that's why they just really wanted to get Jamal Williams a touchdown. Again, yeah. because it happened against Arthur Smith and he got to whine about it on his way out the door, uh, it's just an even better look for him. I don't have a single nice word to say about Arthur Smith, well, so I think it's no. great that it happened. Right. I'm glad it, it happened. It, it, sure. Like, Arthur Smith. Under the bus. We've had several complaints of him all throughout this uh, this football season. It started out with the mustache, and it just uh, evolved to other things down the road. But we digress. Under the bus to Aaron Rodgers. Well, for several reasons. Uh, <laughs> All right, there too. why this time? But today, I guess he was talking to media and wanted to act like the inspirational leader that he is and said, quote, this is according to Antoine Staley, who covers the team on his Twitter account, said, quote, the BS that has nothing to do with winning needs to get out the building, end quote. What? <laughs> Aaron Rodgers this? is the one that said that? <laughs> really? Oh, boy. <laughs> Oh, yeah, because all of those things that he's saying on McAfee have everything to do with winning. You can't question that. Not at all. Where's the, uh, uh, where's the, we're all trying to do, I think you should leave meme. We're, we're oh, all yeah. trying to find the we're guy who did this. find the guy who did this. Uh, yep. No. It's not Aaron Rodgers. Couldn't be. <laughs> Could it be? Never. Like, look, there are Under other things. I'm sure there are other things that are happening in that building that, that he's right about, but for him to be the one saying it after all the controversy surrounding him just like the last week is is bonkers in part for the course it's ridiculous man and i and these, these types of moments are very awkward so uh green bay obviously making the playoffs and so their local tv covering the event a uh, reporter had a live shot but unfortunately it was broken up by oh. one of the players 
oh. the Green Bay Packers. Oh, I, I would have said crazy <laughs> fan must be. <laughs> crazy fan must have done this. No, uh, an actual player broke it up, and the, the reporter didn't know that it was a player and called him a fan. Like, the, right. <laughs> like in the moment said, oh, there's a nice fan saying something. They're ready, too. It was Jair Alexander. Of course. <laughs> it couldn't have been anyone else. It couldn't have been any other Packer player. Oh, my gosh. He didn't even play, correct? I don't I, even know. I, did I, I don't I know sure. if he even would have played. It was He got suspended for one game because of his yeah. coin flip actions. I don't know stupid. if that was this yeah. game or not, but nevertheless... Uh yeah, that's that's pretty good. The video is actually pretty funny though, if you if you've seen it on social media. The reporter goes, Oh yeah, fan says the pack is back. Like, no, that's that's one of the team's cornerbacks. He's like the high highest put, paid defensive player on the team. No big deal. But you know what? In that context, I would have mistaken him for a fan too. Honestly, yeah, if I didn't he's know being any better. Crazy. Right. Interrupting a live newscast. Yeah, don't do that. Like it's just, he's Jair Alexander over the last two weeks has Revealed a lot of things about himself that I didn't know before, but now I now I think about him in a certain way. That's that's all I'm saying. Under the bus, like we expect the drug fans to to be the ones to uh, to to break up live shots like that, not he's, the players. He's entering the AB territory for me. Ooh, he's on the AB yeah, scale. He's not on. Oh he hasn't boy. gone full AB, but he's oh on the boy. scale. That's right? not he's a place you want to be. List. No, it's not. It's time for the sweetest thing in sports on The Big Show. Sweetest thing is with our friends at the Candy Factory. Celebrate those January birthdays with delicious handmade chocolates and candies from the Candy Factory in downtown Columbia or online at thecandyfactoryonline.com. Well, at the very end, uh, uh, towards the end of the uh, Chiefs-Chargers game yesterday, Chris Jones, who had been trying all game to get half a sack so that he could trigger the $1.25 million incentive in his contract that he would receive if he got 10 sacks of the season. <laughs> he finally got it in the third quarter. He had to lobby and lobby to stay in the game with head coach Andy Reid, and he finally got it, and the team went wild inside. That's the moment that I'm calling sweet. I don't know if you can maybe call sweet uh, your best defensive player playing so long in a meaningless game just to get that, <laughs> but I mean... It was sweet at the end because he got it, you know? No, it, it was sweet. The celebration of the sack by him and the team was like the most fun thing that happened in the game other than Blaine Gabbert's random rushing yards to get to field goal range at the end. Um, it was it was actually pretty entertaining. And I was thinking throughout the game, like, Easton Stick, man, he doesn't have much of a contract. If I'm on the other side, I'm just like, Easton, fall down, bro. I'll get you some. I'll get you. Just <laughs> help me out. You scratch. You scratch my back. I'll scratch your back. And he did kind of fall down. All Chris Jones had to do was touch him. I mean, yeah. uh, but I'm sure it was it was by the book. I'm, I only tease. But I did have that thought. Like, man, for one sack, I just need to. I just need to get the quarterback one time for the bag. Well, he got the bag. Good for Chris Jones. It was close a lot of times. It was the only thing that the broadcast team was paying attention to. I seriously in that game. Yeah. And then once it happened, okay, what what else? What what's now? What next? Well, we'll talk about uh, Chiefs and Dolphins throughout the rest of the week. But up next, well, Blake Baker, he's out the door. Where's Mizzou go from here? We'll also talk about the men's hoops opener from last or Saturday. Did not go Mizzou's way either. It's all next year on the Big Show.